0: Today's Anecdotal Experience is sponsored by SpaceX. Did I mean to say SpaceX? Nope. Sure didn't. I know what I said. And I said what I meant. That's how we do it here. We make our own rules. Baby cakes.
1: Today on the Anecdotal Experience podcast i remember one time i recorded this intro like a hundred times no maybe not a hundred but i just was so in my own head about it the uh I, I care a lot less now or maybe i'm just better at it today's guest is tim molan i met tim doing improv at second city today we learn why tim does improv at second city it's a personal goal of his i'm spoiling the episode uh, i didn't know this information though He has an interesting story, why he came to LA, why he chose to come to LA at the point in his life where he did, and his past. He's he's a really interesting guy. So I think, you know, I know you're gonna enjoy this because we had a ton of fun and kind of learned stuff about ourselves. Man, that makes me sound like an asshole, but I think it's true. Oh, also at the end, There's bonus content. You wanna know how to get a cheap apartment in Los Angeles? Psych, you can't. Even if you live in the ghetto, doesn't matter. Let's do this with Tim. But yeah, okay, so your, get back to like your, like when you came out, your experience, like why? Why did you come out here, and why did you come out here now? And, like, what brought you out here?
0: Yeah, so I'm 49, so this is life 2.0 for me. Yeah. Um, I had moved out to Chicago many years ago, 25 years ago. And <clears throat> then got... It, it's, it's. I won't even go into the details, but just life went in a completely different direction. And ended up getting married and moving back to my hometown to be around my parents are quite a bit older i'm the youngest of six boys wait you got you moved to chicago after college to uh actually to study with second city okay
1: so you wanted to do acting and you want to do improv yep that's or like what did you see your life being Like SNL or something?
0: Yes. Back then, I was like, I want to be a performer. I want to be on SNL. That was the dream. Like, I grew up even more than SNL. This is before your time, but SCTV. Yeah, sure. It's like John Candy, Martin Short, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara. They're my heroes. Yeah. So, life went completely another direction. Uh, Lived in the D.C. area for like 10 years. Got married worked day jobs um did a lot of improv there um wait so you got married wait you were in the dc area yep for like nine years okay because of your marriage i went down there because two of my older brothers lived in dc okay so it was just family was there it was like half the distance of chicago so it was closer to home and I convinced myself that well they've got theater there and they did somewhat i did like comedy sports and a. I was in a political sketch comedy troupe called Gross National Product.
1: They, okay. used, they used to
0: have comedy specials on PBS. I just missed the last of those when I joined, but Yeah, I used to play Ross Perot and Janet Reno and Bob Dole and Yeah. <laughs> Strom okay. Thurmond. Yeah. So
1: you move like okay, there like I gotta okay, your life went in a completely direct, different
0: direction in Chicago. Did you meet your wife there? No. Met her in the DC area.
1: Oh. Through one of
0: the improv troops that I was in. Okay. So you were like, why'd you leave Chicago? <sighs> really long story. Okay. Just Woody. generally
1: speaking, why did you? Because Chicago obviously took your dream being be in Second City and kind of go that, that trajectory. Why did you abandon it?
0: All right. I'll, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version of this okay, story. That's fine. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I'll explain why I'm hesitant to tell this story. Okay. I moved to Chicago, um, was living with a high school friend of mine, sweetheart friend, uh, Barb Rittinger, great person, still friends to this day, and her college roommates from, like, Notre Dame. I was crashing on their couch for my first couple of months there. This Mm -hmm. was 1992, uh, Bush Sr., that recession that cost him the election that fall. Uh, So there were, like, no jobs.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Um and one day I'm in Barb's apartment in her bathroom. She comes up behind me and is looking at me in the bathroom mirror, and is like, what what's that on your neck? And there's this swelling on one side of my neck. I'm like, I've got like a sinus infection. I had been going to um walk-in clinics and saying, Hey, I've got this or whatever. They're like, Here Antibiotics, that's a science infection, and send me on my way. So, this mm-hmm. has gone on for a few months. So, um, meanwhile, I was trying to get into Second City, into their conservatory program back then. This is 1992. Yeah. Chris Farley had just been there, Tim Meadows was there. Uh-huh. Uh, I saw Stephen Colbert. And Steve Carell do stuff. Our teacher, Jenna, for mm-hmm. conservatory one, I saw her on stage in, yeah. in Chicago back then. Um, so it took me three auditions to get into the conservatory program. I was finally in, and that was my goal. That's why I moved there, was to get into that. And back then it was only a year, not yeah. this like two-year process that I'm in now. It's like, what, are we gonna be doing surgery at the end of this right. two, two
1: years? Yeah.
0: But anyways, it was a year-long process. My parents came out to visit. My mom takes one look at me and the swelling in my neck says, that's not a science infection. We're flying you home to see our doctor. So they fly me home and it's Hodgkin's disease. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I was 22, I was like three weeks into the conservatory program and had to move back to Binghamton. Cancer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in Binghamton did six months of chemotherapy, I've been in remission now for coming up on 26 years um, so beat that but then now when I was done with that it, for a 22 year old it was just a big shift in mentality how like long
1: were you undergoing like treatment for six a- months of
0: chemo okay so now now you're like what now what yeah and just Felt mortal, you know, like a year earlier going out to Chicago, I had army duffel bags and was on a train. It was just like, I'm going to go be on Sarah. You know, I'm going to go conquer the world. Sure. And now it's like I'm 22. I have no health insurance and I have cancer. Now what am I going to do? <laughs> so Second City had been cool about. It. They're like, come back out and you can start right back up again. Yeah. Uh, my father talked me out of it. He was like. Well, he was never really on board with my old creative lifestyle anyways. He's okay. an old, you know, he child of the Depression.
1: Yes, stability. World War
0: II. Uh, he's an engineer. Yeah. I'm the youngest of six boys, so he's just by the business. He's an old school guy. So he just never understood my artistic stuff. Mm-hmm. So he convinced me, he was like, look, they've got theater in Washington, D.C., it's half the distance that Chicago is, and you've got two older brothers in D.C. that you wouldn't have in Chicago. So you can get back and forth, you don't have a car. So before I gave up on Chicago, I was like, all right, let me try one more thing. So I applied for grad school programs in directing, thinking I'd be a snap to get in, because I was a summa cum laude theater major uh, at SUNY Oswego. So I thought grades would be the thing to get me in. It wasn't. So I applied to three grad school programs all in Chicago and scheduled the interviews and auditions. Still not sure why you have to audition for a directing program, but pardon me. So scheduled the three auditions and interviews for the same day in Chicago. Flew out there. Stayed with my friend Barb again in the same apartment. Get up the big day that morning, go into the same bathroom, look in the same mirror. Chicken pox. Chicken pox. That day. Yeah. How bad of an outbreak? Bad. It was on my face. So (laughs) I didn't actually No, it wasn't on my face because I wouldn't even have gone to the auditions if that happened. But no, I felt terrible. Um. So, anyways, obviously, I didn't do well on my interviews and auditions. Is oh, yeah.
1: Just uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. I probably caused, like, an outbreak because I, if I had been home, I would have immediately gone to the doctor and gotten on, you know, the antiviral things sure. that they could do. To I got on a plane and flew back with chi- chicken pox. I was like, typhoid Timmy. Oh, yeah, dude. That's like, I heard it's really bad getting it as a. Yeah, as an adult. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, and so then, it's somewhat related to Hodgkin's disease. They don't know why, but there's a, some kind of linkage between that and mono chickenpox, Hodgkin's disease. There's, you hadn't gotten chickenpox
1: as a child? Nope. Oh, you fucked up. Dude. Yeah. You got to get it early. I should have instead of go. the day
0: of my grad school auditions.
1: There you go. You should have <laughs> contaminated yourself long before that. Okay, so you really think that. What do you do in a director audition?
0: Uh, same thing he's doing in an acting audition. That's they just want to see that. I thought so too. Yeah. Okay. So you just you think that affected their? Yeah, but you know, one of the interesting things about this is like this. I've learned over the years that we we create these stories for ourselves sure. that explain things, and it's just a little too pat an answer to say, "Well, I got chickenpox and I so I messed up that day, yeah. so I had to go and." You know i had I applied to five schools I could have reapplied I still could have moved back there, but it felt at the time as though God or the universe or whatever was saying, "Get out of Chicago, yeah, you're not supposed to be here, so moved down to d c where my brothers were um Worked jobs at like a computer help desk. I was making copies. Eventually, got into technical writing, which uh-huh. led to marketing writing. So that's been kind of my business Your life. trade. Yeah. yeah. Um. But did comedy, sports, and met my future wife, my now ex-wife, in a little troupe called Improv. Told you I did the political sketch comedy thing. Then, <laughs> and I promise this this story gets happier. But more bad news. No, uh,
1: you have listened to the podcast.
0: It's not a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a tragedy <laughs> podcast. So right after nine eleven, like a month after nine eleven, uh one of my oldest older brothers was a ex Marine. Mm-hmm. Substance abuse problems, uh depression issues, and he killed himself. Um and my parents being older, I just felt like I needed to be around more for them. Yeah. The other brothers had moved away. My oldest brother was still there, but he had his uh, high powered job as a district attorney and kids. So he was very busy. Mm-hmm. So my wife was cool enough to agree to move back to Binghamton with me so I could be around for my folks. Yeah. Three years later, Another of my brothers was uh, working for the State Department in Iraq, So he was in the Bush administration. He was, he's the family's token Republican.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Although I wonder if he still would be. I don't think so. He was too smart. (laughs) Um, So he was the top State Department diplomat working with their, the Iraqi Ministry of Education and their Ministry of Higher Education. Yeah. So he was there trying to get their schools and universities rebuilt. So he lived in the green zone in Baghdad. And to do his job, he had to go to the Ministry of Education. So he had to go out into Baghdad. And at the time, you know, they had these convoys. You were supposed to always go in a U.S. military convoy to get anywhere in Baghdad. Yeah. Well, he was like, screw that, because then you're more of a target. Because they 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 recognize Yeah, yeah. they started blowing up the IEDs whenever they saw any military coming. So he was driving in a car back and forth. He was there for sixteen months. Thanksgiving week, two thousand four, he was two days away from coming home. His last, very last trip outside the green zone uh, was his. He went to the Ministry of Education for a little farewell party they had for him. And they gave him some nice artwork and stuff that he had in his car. So on his way back from work, back to the green zone for the last time, he was assassinated, shot in his car. Do you remember the name Mm Al-Zarqawi? Well, he was in the news. He was like, this was the precursor to ISIS. It was Al-Qaeda in Iraq, and he was their first figurehead. This guy named al I forget what his first name was, but Al-Zarqawi was his last name. So he claimed responsibility for it. It was a big, it was a national news story because the State Department doesn't normally lose people in wars. It doesn't happen all that often. So the Tom Brokaw had a story about it. Um, NBC News came to my house and invent, interviewed my parents. Uh, Condoleezza Rice spoke at a service for him that I didn't go to because I didn't want to meet. Condoleezza Rice, who was one of the reasons that he was there. Mm. Um, so, anyways, lost two of my brothers. Uh, now skip forward to 2010. My marriage was ending at the same time that my father was in his final descent. Um, it's a horrible year, worst year of my life, 2010. Yeah. Um, and so I needed a place to go because yeah, I left the house uh, that I had bought with my wife. I let, let her keep it. Uh, and my mom needed help with my dad. So I moved in with them for the last few months of his life and helped out. Then like a year later, she almost died. They put in a pacemaker and they, when they did it, they nicked the lining of her heart mm. and then didn't catch it. So she almost died a couple months later so that's all the bad news so, okay so from 2010 to 2018 i was living with my older mother uh and trying to live the creative life but in binghamton new york so she's
1: suffering from those complications for those years no
0: she actually has been very healthy ever okay. since thank god so i i got a newspaper column during that time i did a ton of theater a lot of acting and directing at one regional theater in particular a place called the cider mill playhouse and so now it comes to 2018 and all during this time i'd resigned myself to being in binghamton as long as my mom was alive for just emotional support
1: yeah and she didn't have anyone
0: she had my brother, my brother, Jerry was there, but again, he has his own family now he has grandkids and he's, he's still working. Oh, he's not um, in DC.
1: That's not the one. No, in D.C. He was, he's yeah. the one,
0: the only one that was still in Binghamton. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I uh, just for, thought she'd be lonely. Yeah. She just needed somebody, you know, for doctor's appointments, sure. for household stuff, you know, she just needed somebody around, um, and mainly emotionally, just she would, she would have yeah. been all alone in a big house. And I just didn't, with all the things she had lost, I just didn't want her to be alone. Yeah. And frankly, it was rent free for me so I could pr- pursue <laughs> the creative stuff and have a place to stay. Sure. So now in 2018, no, it was 2017, uh, summer of 2017, she got married. At the age of 86. Okay. Um, and How did she, it was, how'd she meet a dude at 86? It was it's so awesome. Uh, I grew up with this guy's kids. Okay. So we both lived on the west side of Binghamton. He's the patriarch of like eight Irish Catholic kids that I went to school with.
1: Okay.
0: So like they're in my columns and in my books. The, we call them the fabled west side McKinney clan. Okay. So they're just like family friends. So he was a widower, and both of them went to and still go to Daily Mass at our local Catholic parish. So they would see each other every day at Daily Mass. They're both Yankees fans. They just started getting to know each other. Um, so they dated for, I don't know, a year and a half or two years. And they're both old-school Catholics, so it's not like they were going to shack up or anything. So yeah. they So... So they got married. And so I know him and love his whole family from a long time ago. So this is just awesome. So now the two of them are very happy. And but then he's moving into the house. So it's just like, okay, my work here is done. Yeah. So now I'm, I was guess 48 at the time. I was like, okay. So now I can restart my life. I'm divorced, no solid career. I've been doing creative stuff, but I want, you know, in Binghamton, New York, that's sure. not going to lead anywhere. So my first instinct was to go back to Chicago. Okay. And I contacted them and the same woman who accepted me into the program 25 years ago was still there. Really? Yep. And a guy who taught the intro class I took was still there. Um, so I wrote to them and they're like, yeah, you can come back here and do it. And then my goals have shifted so much. So back then I wanted to be an actor and performer, but yeah. now I'm more, a lot more of a writer. Um, so then I found out that Second City Hollywood has the conservatory program too. Yeah. So I was like, well, I might as well go somewhere, A, where the weather's a lot better, and most, most importantly, go somewhere where the jobs are for writing and entertainment. So, yeah. so I moved out here basically with two goals. The more immediate one was to just finish up this thing I started 25 years ago and just get back into second, the second city, city, city and finish okay. it, okay? Um, because it had bothered me for 25 years. It was just a regret, you know. I thought I'd never follow oh, that to its interesting. conclusion.
1: I didn't yeah. realize it was like a deeply personal.
0: Yeah, in which it, it, that's why I was hesitant to get into this because I don't. I haven't told anybody, any of my fellow students at Second City, why I'm doing this and why it's so important important to me. Um, Part of that's not to not jinx it. Like, I have one more audition coming up at the end of this next term. Yeah. And if I don't get in, if I don't make it into grad review, I'm going to be pretty hurt, crushed.
1: Yeah. And you don't want people all around be like,
0: oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. 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 I think I'm going to get in. I think you'll be fine. But uh, I'll be very relieved when that audition is passed. Yeah. So that'll be a major life goal done. But meanwhile, I'm tr- I'm uh, pursuing acting and writing. Writing is more what I want to do long term. But oddly, I'm having a little bit of early success and just small things acting wise. So that's been picking up recently.
1: Yeah, go with what's like. Whatever's working, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry for that long, sad tale. No, dude, that's... Yeah, that's part of your life. And I think that's mainly what, like, people find... That's what I find interesting, you know? Because when I met... You know, when I met you and I heard your story about, you know, your mom getting married and that kind of, like, freeing you up to go pursue what you want to do. Like, that's... I don't know. How, How have you... So you've been here. You're coming up on a year. Um, I guess what, a couple of things, like obviously with like your goals that you set and what you see, what's your, like what what do you want your life to be? And then also like socially, like finding friends and getting Mm -hmm. assimilated and like building your life out here. Like how has that been for you?
0: Been good. Um, I actually had a lot of, contacts, either people that I went to college with. Uh, I've got a good friend who's had some success out here as an actor, John Ducey. He was on the, um, he's been on a few shows. He was on the last season of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Mm -hmm. He was the Jonas Brothers dad on their TV show. Oh, tight. So he's he's done some cool stuff. So he's out here. I've gotten to be friends with his wife. Friends of mine from the theater department at SUNY Oswego. Mm -hmm. People I know from the comedy scene in D.C., uh, that I've reconnected with, um, and other people that just know people that I know yeah. that, that people put me in touch. So I've had a lot of great lunches and drinks and stuff with this person over there and this person over there. Yeah. I haven't been able to kind of coalesce it into a group to hang out with, mm-hmm. um, it's just hard to get together with people in this sprawling an area and everybody's doing a million different things. It's like, you really yeah. have to plan it takes. So and I've been out here a year friends. and I haven't, I haven't even gotten through my list of people that I want to be in touch with right. after a year.
1: And like connecting it. That's the, that's the tough thing. And that's the nice thing about taking improv classes. Cause obviously like, like we were kind of saying, it, like you're saying it takes like two years to get through the program and all that stuff yeah like it does there's part of me i was watching bojack horseman last night and they were making fun of like improv and like the levels of improv and stuff yeah. and i agree like i do think in a large extent it is kind of bullshit and it is a little bit embarrassing taking improv classes yeah because you're just like kind of paying to be wacky and like yeah. teaching you is kind of dumb but
0: i've taught i've This is the other reason I didn't want to get into it with the other students. I've taught improv for years. Sure, yeah. I've taught like 12 classes in introductory and intermediate improv. Yeah. So I didn't want the other students to know that either. So I wouldn't be like, I don't know, I just wanted to be on the, uh, just like everybody else. Yeah,
1: you don't want to, that's a weird thing, but like, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah,
0: and don't want the teachers to know that either, so they're not like... Like this guy, you suck. Yeah, who's you this should guy? Be
1: good. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't want to raise expectations. Yeah, just like let's start with a blank slate. Yeah. yeah. Um. I forget where we were. What did you want? What was the question?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, one thing I was gonna bring up was the fact that you know it seems kind of dumb, like taking improv classes. Um, but at the same time, it is a good way to make friends, yeah. and then also make a community of friends that are all going to be at the same place. Yeah. Because like you said, it's hard to connect to your friends and be like, you should become friends with them so we can all hang out. Yeah, so then
0: we had a structure of you're seeing these people every week for at least seven weeks and then if you take another class, so yeah, we've got... And there's been really cool people in our class that we where a a talented group of people has gotten together. Um, So that's why I've been... So now you know... A little more why Why I am was seriously bummed when, like, you and Alex, for example, were leaving. I was Uh-oh. like, I didn't know how to explain it to you guys, being like, I know your experience is different, but you guys are a lot younger than me, and just being like, oh, you're in this thing, and it's really special and it's something for the rest of your life you'll be able to say hey i you know graduated from second city's thing and i'm just like you're walking away from it when you got it. you know what i mean so for I me it do, was yes
1: but you're putting it through your own lens totally you know yeah um and i understand that but for me i was you know i'm still might you know continue but for the time being i'm like my main goal with second city was to really challenge myself and then also make friends Um and I was like, and it's not completing the program. It's yeah being forcing
0: myself out of my comfort zone more often. Yeah. You know. And I think most people that are there are are the same thing. So it's a There's a lot of different goals there. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the people aren't even really trying to be in entertainment. They're just want to be more comfortable at work, like with public speaking or They act on the side, and this is fun. There's some people like Nancy who's really good, and she's she's pursuing acting pretty much full time and having some success. Nancy Nazari. Yeah, the the people I
1: don't understand. Um, in most people understand what an improv class is. So you have like seven classes per session, Mm -hmm. and I think you can miss two. The people that are like missing two just because they can. To me, that's weird. Yeah. Because those are the people that are like, oh, I'm just trying to get through the program. Yeah. Because for me, like, I don't really care about getting through the program. I'm just more interested in, like, every... Like, I paid for seven of these. They ain't cheap, you know? So, my thought is, like, I'm paying for this. I'm going to every single one. Because I don't give a shit if I, like, get, like, a certificate or some bullshit. Yeah. I'm just, like, I'm trying to get better at something. So...
0: I came in there with kind of an attitude because another reason why I was good. I didn't tell people what my background was because I was like, I've been teach, I've performed improv for years. I've taught it. You know, I don't really need, I, I was telling myself a year ago, I don't really need any more training in improv. Like I don't even totally love it anymore sure. performing it. But as soon as I started taking class, I was like, Oh my God, I am rusty. Yeah. And yes, I do need more training and I have gotten better. And, it got me over we've talked about this before, the you and I both hate I think musical improv stuff. Oh.
1: The it's my nightmare. Yeah. It's making my nightmare
0: song. So yeah. I, that was always my Achilles heel. Like I love music, but I'm not a musical person, so making up rhymes and stuff was just terrifying to me.
1: Yeah.
0: Um Well we had a couple of Instructors who came in who were musical directors at second city and it got through to me finally of just you don't have to be good you just have to be confident about it. just throw yourself at it like yeah like fail big and that's just as funny as doing it super well right but the only thing that sucked is when you're tentative and yeah at, and then the audience feels that tension with you. They're like, yeah. oh, you're failing at this, and I don't want to watch this. But if they see you like, hey, I suck at singing, right. and here's me sucking at singing, and then they'll they'll stay with you.
1: Yeah, shame is bad. <laughs> if you can just, like, fail with a smile, it's yeah. not so bad. But if you, like, that's when someone's, like, uncomfortable, um, yeah, I mean, it's, that's, it's. You know, I agree. There's certain lessons that I've learned where I'm like, oh, that's the point. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize it. But the point is that it's supposed to make you uncomfortable. And the point is honestly not being good. Yeah. Which is
0: weird. Yeah. It's more that you've got the balls to be up there doing this and that you're having fun with it. And yeah. Yeah. I feel like I never
1: I don't. so I never go into pretty much anything like like you did that. Like cocky, like yeah. almost like with that level of like, oh, I'm, you know, I've done this before. I'm like, yeah. I've been humbled so many times in everything, in like every aspect of my life. Whenever yeah. I've gotten a little bit like big for my britches where I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show people what's up. Every time I just get humbled. dude. Yeah. Like even, okay, even in improv class, sometimes there will be people that are in like level one. It just doesn't matter. Level one's like the begin- intro to improv, right? So we'll, you know, I'll see them perform and there will be people where I'm like, what? You, I can't believe it. Like, I cannot believe how funny they are. Yeah. They're just killing me. Yeah. And I'm like, these are level, and also they'll do, um, they'll do one thing. Okay. To get like in the weeds on improv, there's some like, Quick game type improv stuff where it's, um uh, you gotta almost write jokes on the spot. It's less yeah. situational. You're writing jokes on the spot, which well, I
0: 185
1: when I sure, hear game yeah. it's you,
0: stupid, like puns. And yeah.
1: yeah, you gotta like, you basically write your own punchline. You write a punchline in nanoseconds, yeah,
0: which is crazy to
1: me. And I find extremely difficult and also extremely nerve wracking, yeah. And I'll watch these people, they're in level one, they've been doing it for like three weeks, they're doing like done nine hours of classes and they'll just like kill me. They'll just slay, yeah. you know? And I'm just, you know, so to me, I'm like, Oh, you know what? Like some days you'll be good at this. Some days you'll be bad. And there will always be people that are better than you yeah. and naturally. And then also other people that are better cause they've done it. You know,
0: when, when I've taught improv, I've told my students at the first class, I'm like, I'll tell you a little secret here. I'm not going to teach you anything, really. I'm not, like, as an improv teacher, the main thing you're doing is just getting people together who have the same interest, encouraging them, having them work together as a group. But yeah. you can't teach somebody to be funny. They either are or they aren't. You can shape it and get better at some things or not. But generally, when you see people in level one, yeah, we're t- you know, you kind of know who's going to make it and who's not, who's good at it and who isn't. And that doesn't change a whole lot. I feel like maybe in the middle, there's some people who can, who are kind of okay and they become decent enough to go on. You can polish technique. Yes, but you can't go from terrible to really good. And people that are really good at the beginning don't flame out and become terrible
1: yeah there's uh it's like it's okay it's very similar to sports in that way and Mm -hmm. especially like basketball where i've seen people start where i'm like oh they don't know how to do this but there's a lot of potential there you know because i've seen that with people that i've had classes with where i'm like oh somewhere in there there's like this guy's really funny but he just doesn't know mechanically how to perform Yeah, yeah um Yeah, it is interesting to see that, because I do agree. There are some people where I'm like, you don't, you're not, oh man, it sounds so shitty to say, but I'm not saying about anyone specifically, but um, there are people where I'm like, you're just not, and it's not, funny isn't even the word. There are some people that I'm just like, you don't, you're not interesting to watch. This isn't, this isn't your thing. yeah Yeah. and it's
0: it's like so then there are certain people oh man it doesn't and in the big picture it doesn't matter it's like i you know you and i aren't good at badminton or we're not good at with directions or something it's it's it doesn't have anything to say about people as a person it's a very specific niche thing to be good at improv or i think just performing in general though yeah,
1: yeah but i do think it does extend i don't know man i think it does extend outside of performance though there's it's conversationally yeah some people i'm like oh you're just not uh you're just not
0: some people are are, though yeah i don't know Uh, i mean it it can't it it just depends well that comes i think this might be part of where you're going with this that and it's a pet peeve of mine like on a first date or meeting somebody any kind of social situation just anybody just me 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 and never says and you yeah and that happens in improv too you can just tell people that um because there are people who are very funny but who suck at improv because they just never listen they're just not there to yeah be in a scene with somebody else they're in there just go out and it's my show yeah here I am, aren't I funny? And then those people are just like, just go away. <laughs> yeah. The,
1: those I think usually those are the people that I'm talking about where I'm like, oh yeah, you know you're funny. You've got potential, but you just don't know how to do this, right? Yeah. 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 That's man I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't I can't put a finger on it, but there's certain certain people that are just I and I've I think I've said this before on the podcast, but uh Peter flew He was my improv teacher. The second time I've been out here. The first one I had, um, he performs with a group called Heyday. It's definitely, they're hilarious. If yeah, you're in you, LA,
0: heard you talk about them. Yeah.
1: yeah. If you're in LA, they perform, uh, at second city and you should definitely go see them. But this guy, he's definitely like, I can tell in this group, he is, he kind of wants to be a role player and he's very comfortable being the role player. Um, and being okay like being okay with like oh
0: I'm not going to get like huge laughs but maybe I will but I'm definitely going to adapt to whatever so he's more like I'm going to be a team player and the scene is the thing yeah, not but me in,
1: right yeah but in some event he might be like oh well this is my scene and I'm going to be that I'm yeah. fine with that but he's definitely very aware of the cohesiveness of the show and of the group yeah um, but when he's on and I don't I can't even explain this when he's on stage, I just, anything, sometimes I'll have a hard time hearing what they're saying, because there's no mics, but just, I'll see him say something, and I'll just like hear the cadence, and I'll just start laughing. (laughs) And like, other people are laughing too, so maybe I'm laughing at that, but then I'll remember like, I don't know, maybe I'll be a little tired, or like a little high or something before I got there, and I'm just like a little bit checked down, I don't really know what's going on, and then I'll just be like, I'm laughing right now, just at like, him saying words like there's just something about him i just like it an energy uh, it's charisma yeah it's so bizarre to me because there's certain people i just i think you're just it's like movies though people like certain actors people like ryan reynolds they they just want to see him
0: yeah and and you're primed then to like because you like them, and you know, they're, you're just sitting there waiting to laugh. You know you're going to. It's yes. a lot easier to get that out of somebody if they already have that. But but how do you earn that? And I think it, part of it is just I don't this think you do. ineffable. I think you just... It's just something that's there. That you can't. It's yes. that it thing. You exude it. You just yeah. like, it's just. It's like, yeah. it's like sexiness, you know, like you yeah. can't really define that either. But like people that are funny and enjoyable to watch, they've just there's something there that just makes them interesting to look at. And yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know what it is. It's like a confidence thing. And then there's just some people where I'm like, no, like you don't, (laughs) I think it's a confidence thing. And I think that's also with this guy that I'm talking about. Um, I, I think also you can see his ability to just facilitate, Yeah, you know, to facilitate the group. Um, and, you know, so even what he's doing off the ball to bring it back to basketball, because it's 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 the same. Yeah. Like even what he's doing off the ball is, you know, contributing to
0: the success of the group. Yeah. So Yeah, because you can as a performer, you can direct within a scene. Yeah. You're providing the structure and setting people up for their moments and stuff. And that can be fun.
1: Yeah, I do think, though, with, with stand-up, I think it's different because there will be people that I think are really funny. But then when it comes to, like, hanging out with them, I'll be like, eh, like, I don't. <laughs> you got too much. You're just too much for me.
0: Oh, like the people that are always have to be on, yeah. Like, hey, right, yeah, and, and you're when you're sitting with them, you have to be like, <laughs> right, what? yeah, or they're yeah. just always doing a bit or something yeah, yeah. like that. I just like, I can't, or accents or funny voices, and you're just like exhausted, just be, just, yeah. just fucking relax, just have yourself. a moment, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Don't just like,
1: yeah, when people are their energy is too performative, um, they, they can't be like, oh, yeah, I do have one friend that I, yeah, I knew in college and stuff, but, like, I like him around. But if it came to us hanging out together, (laughs) I'd be like, you know, let's not, you know, but like, I like him in the group because I like the,
0: but it's best to be somebody who can adjust, you know, so when you're in group setting and I love that too, like I'll be like holding court. Like if you're out with a group of friends or whatever, and you're telling stories, I like being that kind of center of attention, but. But then you adjust, you know, so then when you're talking one on one to somebody, you're not like, hey, what up? Yeah. Did you hear that story? Yeah. (laughs) No.
1: And I I think that's a good point, too, because I'm same way. I think also knowing people need to know their role in the group. Yeah. Because you may be sitting at a table like after Second City Show and be like, oh, okay, this is I assume. You know what I mean? Like, I assume the role of the court holder. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of know. And then there are times actually because i know when i'm that person and then i know when i'm not and i'm so grateful to not be yeah because i don't like being the guy that's like oh i've got to like i'm the point guard of this hang
0: i also and it's from the way you're talking i think you probably are the same way also will think about like the group dynamics in any kind of social situation i'm like somebody's talking too much or is hogging the co- I try to bring in the other people in the conversation. Yeah. Like, Hey, you haven't said anything in a while. What do you think about this or whatever? And, yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. And people are good at conversation. That's an underrated skill.
1: Yeah, I do that. Oh man. I actually like, I do
0: that to some degree.
1: I'll try to like work people in, um, I had... Okay, so I did... Uh, speaking of that, I do that same thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah let's get you involved if you feel ignored. And a lot of times, you'll throw them the ball and they'll be they'll throw it back to you. Like, I'm not...
0: Yeah, which is fine. Play. Yeah.
1: Um, I did that with this guy. Uh, there was a guy I worked with. I won't say the company because I just don't people know who I'm talking about. But, you know, we'd all go out to lunch and, uh, you know, there's obviously the, the group that would... The, the talkers, you know, me being one of them. Yeah. Probably the most. Just whatever. Whatever in that dynamic, I felt like I was the... I was, I just did. So, yeah. but there was one guy, He just like, I swear we'd go entire lunch. We'd go entire lunches without him saying a word. <laughs> cause he was, I mean, he was from another country, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so his English wasn't, you know, wasn't at the level ours was cause we're dumb Americans. Don't know any other languages. Right. Um, but th- I did get to the point where we, like, I would never throw him the ball. Like, if he had something to say, he'd speak up. But I was just like, I can't.
0: Well, you knew that he didn't want it, right? You had yeah. tried a few times, and he just, he's just quiet, right? Yeah.
1: You- no, I did. But even then, it, yeah, maybe that's it. But I just knew there were times where I'm like, I'm not throwing this guy of the ball anymore. Like, if he wants in, like, well, I'm God. But, like, to me, I was like, I can't. Because, like, you know, I'm like, I'm just going to go with it. I'm just going to the conversations going. If he wants any, he can get in. But there, I did realize that about myself. I'm like, dude, I never throw the ball to that guy anymore. Because I just... And it, and it was weird because
0: I'm like, I wonder if he feels ignored. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know what to... No, I think probably... I mean, with everybody, you should try a few times to give them that chance. Yeah. But they show that you're probably doing him a favor. He's probably like, good, they're not looking to me for input. I want to... You know, some people just like to be the... Fly on the wall.
1: And I think he did. And that was what I I you know what I mean. I think I think he appreciated being thrown the ball sometimes. But for the most part, he's like, dude, I'm just fine listening to you guys yeah. and eat my lunch. So Yeah. But it is I did notice that. Because I am that guy to be like, Hey, what's uh what about you? You know. But yeah, yeah for him I just noticed I'm like, Oh, I don't even try anymore. And I think he's fine with that, you know.
0: And so it's interesting you're talking about uh, going out with people after a show at Second City. That's such a particular group of people, too. And it's like you know, so these are all yeah. funny, outgoing people. Right. So it's interesting to watch them in a group, the way that they interact. And it's
1: very true. It is very true because it's it is you know each other in the context of like you're trying to be funny. These are all groups of people yeah. that like if like everyone at least to some degree, thinks they're funny. Yeah. Especially when you're into the higher levels, they have this sense of like, well, I'm a funny person. Yeah. So that is interesting to see because you have all these people kind of like competing to... Uh, yeah, there's definitely a dynamic to it. It's like we all think we're funny and we all... You know how we all know we think we're funny? because we're all ta- we're paying like 400 bucks yeah.
0: to take this class, you know? Yeah, so I just... kind I sit back more in that environment because it's kind of... What you're saying is it's a given, you know, okay, you're fine. You don't need to prove to me that you're funny. I want to know, are you a cool person? Are you a nice person? Are we going to, you know?
1: Yeah. And I do actually, I find myself thro- I like throwing the ball to the people that I want to hear talk more. Like the people that I know in class that I'm just like, dude, they are I just want them to talk. <laughs> yeah. There's a, I mean, um, yeah, there's a Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say names, but there's one guy in particular. I just thought was so funny. So I'm always like, dude, just get this guy talking. Let's just get him going. I'll sit back and drink my drink. <laughs> That's and That's a compliment. Hear him. You can say who it is. Yeah. Ian Salazar. Yeah. People don't know him, but yeah, they're just, I'm like, this guy like, Let's just hear what he's got to say. Yeah. Like, fuck whatever I'm about The yeah. bullshit.
0: I'm about to talk about. I'm like, yeah, I'm hoping he. I I would love to be in grad review with him. He's, yeah, he's, he's so got funny. the leading man thing going, but he's super creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, yeah. So, and I'm also telling him, I want to write something where he's Liam Neeson. He's. I think he looks exactly like a young Liam Neeson. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 He has a particular set of skills. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, he's sorry answer, podcast right? listeners we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> somebody look up. you can't Facebook, see. Look up. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, no, it's uh yeah, definitely been a good at least environment to like meet people that are yeah.
0: weird in the same way. So Are you still do you still hang out with Alex? Mm-hmm. I mean he's I was so bummed that he I mean he's Hilarious! Like, I think he may be the best person that's been in the classes so far with us. Where I'm just like, every time he gets up there, he he cracks me up. He's telling. I just did. All if right. He's listening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think he's a riot. Yeah.
1: Um. Well, cool, man. I guess they usually wrap it up like with um, like kind of like advice. So with all that stuff, I mean, you've said a lot. Of, you've been touching a lot of different things, but. Mm-hmm what would you tell people that have maybe like at any point someone relates to you in any part of those experiences of your life? Like what would be something you wish you would have known or a lesson that
0: you learned? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, I think the age thing is what I I could speak to about that. So even like 15 years ago in my mid thirties, I thought, well, that ship has sailed. You know, I was like, okay, I I went out to Chicago. I was going to do Second City mm-hmm. and stuff, but now I'm married and I'm in upstate New York, and I just thought it just sort of is. But it's like, why? I mean, I'm now 49, about to be 50, and I feel better poised to make it out here than I would have if I was out here when I was 22. It's like there's less competition. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not there's not a million paunchy, balding goofy guys uh, trying to act, trying to get into acting for the first time out here. Yeah. Um, so I guess that would be my advice that that just, and also be poor and happy. Like I'm, I've never had like the solid career, uh, that was going to like make my dad proud and always know where my next meal was coming from. It's, but I know I'm 10 times happier this way of being, doing my thing and hoping that it's gonna pay off rather than being a desk jockey and miserable. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, just, it's never too late to go after what you wanna do, and uh, just that journey is the enjoyable part about it, even if you don't eventually get there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, man. I think... Yeah, because I even have that, too. Like, I think that sometimes, like, my, like, clock's ticking. Yeah. Like, I'm 29. I'm like, yeah. what am I... What's... I'm going to be alive for, like, 50 more years. Yeah. Like, too much time. Yeah. It's way too much time to fill, you know? So, like, relax.
0: Yeah. And also, another thing that, that relates to this is, like, the... And I buy into it, too, but the whole American dream... I kind of hate what that's done to our culture, like where everybody feels like they have to be a superstar. So we're all raised thinking we're not worthwhile unless we're on television or we're a pro basketball player or we're president of the United States or whatever. And that, um, so I'm a lot more okay with at this point in my life. I just, I just want to do my stuff and, and be able to pay the rent and have some friends and stuff. So now it's like, I don't want to be, yeah. I don't want to be on cereal live. Uh I mean of course if it came sure. my way but it's yeah. not important to me anymore. Now it's like I just want to be in a in a writers room on a TV show mm-hmm. and just with other creative people working and making stuff. Yeah. Um and that that's that alone is awesome or whatever people want to do but just trying to get people away from if I'm not a superstar I'm nothing.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I think a lot of times people attach what they want to be and their aspirations to their ego. Yeah. And that's kind of when you run into that sort of like it's either I'm on SNL and on movies and stuff or I'm a failure.
0: Yeah. And and most, you know, the vast majority of us aren't going to do those things, but the vast majority of us can live a good life where we're good to people and have family and friends and be happy. And that's a huge accomplishment just to be a good person. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I have actually, I've thought about that now, especially getting, you know, at the age I'm at and then also being, you know, just whatever my life has become, I've kind of realized like, I don't, there's a lot of things that I would have thought what were, what I wanted, um, but aren't like, I don't think I would want to be like, I, at one point I, I thought I wanted to be in a writer's room. I thought I wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, depending the situation, like uh, I don't, I think if I were presented with that opportunity, there'd be a lot of situations where I would absolutely turn it down. Cause that's not what I want. You know, it's all of a sudden I've stumbled upon like, no, I wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like yeah. an alternative. I'm like, you know what, what I have now is actually more appealing to me than what I could what at one point I thought would have been like a dream career. What is it now? Do you, can you describe what your goal is now? But mainly what I'm saying is like, if someone were to be like, Oh, do you want to, do you want a lot of it's like money too, money and time commitment. Like if you're in a writer's room, you're like, you know, it's, it's a pretty big investment of your time. And like, um, you know, depending on what the, what state the shows in, you don't know necessarily money wise what it's going to pay out to. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of stuff where, you know, let's say like something like Funny or Die. Yes. I was like to be like a writer on Funny or Die or something like that.
0: Um, that's not a great job. No. You know. Like the Onion, writing for the Onion, they get diddly squat. I mean, yeah. It's, it's freelance. Exactly. Trump change.
1: Yeah. And I assume maybe Funny or Die is too. Yeah. So somewhere to be like or even a show that's like on a smaller network and I were to like make less money than I have now and I had to write for a certain voice to me I'm like you know what I would rather spend my days writing software that's more appealing to me than writing yeah. jokes for this particular
0: show and I think most shows would fall under that. And I think you've got the right approach and that you've got you're doing a bunch of things and it's all stuff that you started yeah. and doesn't depend on convincing some suit yeah. yeah, I'm I'm your guy for this. You're like, no, you're just you make your own content and right. put it out there.
1: And yeah, I'm blessed to be in a spot where I can do that. And it's not I don't have to conform to, you know, make money off of it because it's like this is very un lucrative. You know, this yeah. is just like it's a. Uh, you know, it's not expensive to do, but it's not the point. The point isn't to make my livelihood around it. Cause that's right. one thing I've realized too, is if you do everything eventually it becomes a job. Eventually yeah. you always have a boss. You always have someone to tell you what to do. So whatever, you know, so someone saying, write some, being a writer or something like that and someone telling me what to do, I lose all the joy of being a writer. Mm-hmm. That was appealing to me in the first place, you know? Yeah or you know directing or something like that if I were like told what to direct and how to do it yeah because producers have a lot of power right at the end of the day I don't actually like the you know focusing a camera and lighting a shot that's not what I want I'd rather light it the way I want and have the finished product and that's where the appeal comes from me so that's you know that's just an interesting thing I'm like oh no that's not my, my dream career is writing software you know. Really? Yeah, for sure. Like, that's what I do. I Okay. Yeah, that's what I can do best, and that's what I like doing. But I also like being artistic and making things. Like, I like doing that. And
0: I'm trying to think how to explain this. Sorry. This just blows my mind that you're you're killing it with so many things that you do. You've got so many... Projects yeah, that fun. you're working on and it's not even really your goal. That's that's surprising to me.
1: Yeah, no, it's my goal, but it's definitely something I'm just if it's if it's my own, I like to make it and I like to have done it, you know? But mm-hmm. I would never be like a camera operator. If so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd never be a camera operator. I'd never be a writer for some show. What's a bullshit show like um well I don't know
0: Big like, Bang Theory or something
1: yeah I mean that's I mean I'm not gonna shit on the Big Bang Theory it's a very everyone, like everyone shits on that show at like, least it's a very successful show oh, yeah. but like if I would have the opportunity to write for that would be like no thank you that's not what I'm interested in yeah. unless it paid like unless it paid me more than I make now yeah substantially but if it were to be the if I were to get the same pay I would rather write software wow and if it was the same time commitment Interesting. yeah for sure because hmm. it just wouldn't writing jo- I don't like that you know? Yeah. I don't like writing on someone else's voice. Does
0: that make sense? It makes sense. It's good. very different from me, but it makes sense. Yeah, so
1: that's... You're the type of person you're like, I'm a writer. I like to write. Yeah. That's what I do. That's what I'm interested in. And I I thought I was that type of
0: person for a while. Um, but I'm well, not. That's the benefit of trying all these things that you've been doing. Podcasts and... Yeah. Web comedy shorts and yeah
1: just try stuff that's like super important you know Cause like and also like being willing to you know even if like let's say you weren't into writing but you thought you were mm-hmm. then you started doing it right you started writing for like the column and started you know writing scripts and stuff then you realize you you like find your i feel like this happens a lot um people find themselves doing it, and then they are they have this identity, like, oh, I'm a writer, this is what I do. And then they're miserable, and they don't realize that It's like, oh, you don't actually like doing that.
0: Yeah. You so, thought you did, and then you got into a spot where you were actually doing it day in and day out, and like, right. no, well, I think that happens with teachers a lot. You think so? Who would, yeah, who go to college and get a degree in education, and then they find out, oh my God, I don't like being in front of a group, you know? It's yeah. Like, it's weird. Yeah. Especially when you attach your
1: identity to it, or something like that yeah i've there's, seen yeah
0: there's a lot of people walking around with education degrees who found out pretty quick they didn't want to be teachers yeah hmm.
1: yeah all right anything else nope thanks all for right. having me joey yeah say goodbye to everyone it's a thing
0: goodbye everybody all right cool peace
1: Okay. Cool. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, how did you? How long have you been here? And then wait, come closer. Yeah, get up in there. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Um, how long? Yeah, like how long have you been here? Uh, how did you get here? What's the circumstances were, and like what your experience has been. Okay. Thus far. Sure. You know?
0: I'm coming up on one year. Okay. Uh, I was, yeah, like the third week in January. Drove across country in my beater, Ford, okay. not Ford, Honda Accord, um, packed with all my clothes and computer equipment, and that's about it. And stopped at uh, Graceland, which was cool on the way across. Um, also got to go to Beale Street and, uh, it just happened to be the International Blues Festival the weekend that I was there. Is that Memphis? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that was awesome. Um, so there were acts from all, blues acts from all over the world playing in every bar up and down the street, and it was amazing. So then I got out here and picked the wrong neighborhood, money wise. Okay. Down, wait. Downtown. All right.
1: I'll explain. All right. Because I did. I mean, we pretty much did the same things. I, you know, I had to, but I had to get a place before I could see a place. Yep. And, and it's like, it sucks, but it's like, I got to just pull the trigger. So, okay. I... I think I. I mean, I think I did better than you. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't take much. <laughs> no, and I didn't do well. Uh, I just got a, I was just like, I don't know. I'm just gonna pull the trigger on this place. So I looked for like a sh- like I looked for a shitty neighborhood. Yeah. Um, what? Okay. And I. I did. I did. You know, as good as I could possibly do. What was your thought process? Because you. You. I. I feel like you did a strange. Yeah. Uh, How would you get downtown? I
0: started started smart in that um, I had for a previous year or two had been signed up with this site called Mm trustedhousesitters.com so you go through they do a criminal background check and you get references and stuff and then you can go stay for free in cool places and just water people's plants or feed their cats or watch their house and you get to stay there for free. Okay. So like I did that in Bonita Springs, Florida I was driving a uh, Lexus around town for two weeks staying in this luxury condo. Oh, sick. Just so I could take care of their two Siamese cats. So when I knew I was wanted to move out here, I looked for house-sitting gigs in L.A. Mm-hmm. and got one in Los Feliz. Um, came out, did that, checked out neighborhoods then. Oh, very smart. It, well, then it turns really stupid. Okay. So then I go back home and i'm looking for places online like Craigslist. Wait, you List. went back to new york yeah yeah i came out here just to house sit for two weeks and then went back home okay um yeah i wanted to do that the trip out here to just kind of check out the area get sure. the lay of the land so then i go back home and i'm looking through like craigslist uh at housing ads mm-hmm. and talk about a rookie mistake I almost I almost made a worse mistake of getting a place sight unseen that just looked awesome on Craigslist. All the pictures and everything, just sounded perfect. It but you're just, in New York looking yeah, for a place in LA. Yeah. Okay. So they insisted that I come out and look at it and i was kind of annoyed at that but thank god they did because i came out and it was macarthur park which is a shitty neighborhood that's where i was yeah. almost yeah. yeah yeah and like that park is so lame they <laughs> got the, like two scraggly trees and oh just, dude and it's, it's an ugly it's ugly park. chaos
1: all the time yeah. too there's like i mean it's a huge homeless encampment dude yeah.
0: Yeah. And cakes left out in the rain. Yeah, cakes and... Yeah, dude.
1: <laughs> it's nasty. Anyway, it was... Okay, wait, so they wanted you to come out and see it. Yeah. Wait, they wanted you to fly out there?
0: Yeah, and I did. You flew out there just to go see it? Yes. I really wanted this place and thought it was great. And I thought I'd be signing a lease. But then I come out and it's... The place was really cool, but it was connected to a doctor's office where the doctor said... Um, the climate stuff is controlled by his office. So basically, I would have no control over the heat or air conditioning. Okay. And he mentioned that the guy upstairs is really sensitive to noise, so he doesn't want loud music. You know, I'm not a crazy partier, sure. but I like to play my music and yeah. whatever. So I was like, yeah, this isn't going to work. So now I'm out here and I've spent another you know, 700 bucks or whatever yeah. to, to get back and forth. And I was just determined now. I was like, all right, I'm going to sign a lease before I go home. Okay. And this was Thanksgiving week. So I changed my flight back, took a penalty or whatever on the ticket, and missed Thanksgiving with my family back home so I could just look around some more. Then I'm in an Uber going around to different places to look at and met this cool person, Sheba, if you listen to this. Hello. Uh, Cool person. She, I was in an Uber. She was talking to the driver. I mentioned she was in the same... Situation, looking for places. So she was like, you should look for buildings that are um, new where they're offering sweet deals because they're just trying to fill up right. the building. So she gave me a name of a couple of places downtown to check out. And it, afterwards I found out she got a much better deal than me because she was smarter, but I took the first place that I saw and liked. Really? Was, yeah. So it was a brand new building, you know, like a less than a year old. Yeah. Great amenities. Which I then found out, you know, I, not, I never even really used them. Right. Who goes yeah, down yeah. to like the courtyard and plays ping pong and barbecues on Dude, the grill? That's what uh, I'm, yeah, I
1: always think that. And then I'm like, I when I was looking for places to like at condos and stuff, I was, I knew I'm like, never going to use that. Yeah. Never going to use that. Don't factor that. And you're just going yeah. to get this because you're never going to use it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like I never set foot in the 24 hour gym. You know? No. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Unless it was a bad.
0: No, no. It's just I' am not a gym guy. <laughs> okay, yeah. So know yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <clears throat> made that mistake. Boy, this is a boring tangent to have gone off on because housing is like the most boring part. No, about I being think it's no. I think
1: it's <laughs> interesting. Well,
0: no, everyone.
1: No, it's not. I disagree because everyone asks me like people I knew in Cincinnati. They're like, Oh yeah. They want to ask about like housing. Like what are your housing tips and stuff like that? And they want to, they find th- people find this interesting. I know okay. I do, but my main tip is like, they're like, well, what's like the trick? Like what's like, I'm like, dude, there is no trick there isn't like you come out here and you're going to pay a lot of money yeah. to live and you have but this, to... but,
0: but now I've been smarter. So, so I got into that situation yeah. and I also, I also when I signed the lease, I was worried about at the end of the year that I'd want to stay there and they would jack up the rent, which I'm sure they would have. Um, so I asked for the longest lease they had available oh, like 15 yeah. months. I was like, great, do that. So then I get out here, I'm paying $2,500 a month plus utilities. Right. So that's another like two or $300. Then, and it was a, the sweet deal that I got was the first six weeks free and a year of free parking. And okay. parking is normally 150 bucks. Yeah. So as I got into it though, and just found out I could live a lot cheaper than this. Yeah. And running out of my savings. Uh. I then put ads on Facebook Marketplace, which I didn't even know existed. Yeah. And uh, Craigslist for somebody to take over my lease. Yeah. So my building wouldn't let me out of it without paying like a $10,000 penalty. So that made that unfeasible. Right. So got somebody to take over my lease uh, after a couple of months of trying. So I got out a few months early. Well, like five months early. Yeah. Um, and just moved to van Nuys. it 's very nice california
1: yeah it 's um, affordable
0: yeah guest house nice lady who 's a fellow actor and comedian she's she 's a cool person um, less one third the space like two hundred square feet yeah but i don 't i don 't really need much more than that like my old pla- i was it was ridiculous. I was living in an episode of cribs and unemployed. Really? You know, I was like, "This is just stupid." Yeah. So now it's just like a, it's like a glorified dorm room, you know? Yeah, that's what
1: I had. I did realize. Okay, my um, my experience with that was I was the same. I like I I forget what mine was. It wasn't a lot of space, but it was good. It was like what I need. It was all I needed. Um, but comparing it to here, dude. I am happy here. I don't know what it was, but that place
0: I don't know Tell people tell us where you were where you were and where you are now. Okay, so I was in a
1: I was in a studio in Okay, things all right, little things. Here's okay, if you want housing tips, here's a housing tip. <laughs> There's little things that you don't think about. You don't think about you're like, "Oh, I can sacrifice this. I can do that. That's fine. That's not a big deal. I can cut some cost here." if I'm willing to park on the street and not have a designated parking spot. Uh, Also laundry, laundry or an elevator, or just not, I'm trying to think of these little things that were very annoying. Main one is like, when I get to my apartment here, if I go for a run, if I'm carrying groceries, I can just, I unlock one door and I'm in my apartment, Yeah. okay? That is nice. Like previously I would have to open two doors then go up an elevator and then open a door. And here's, okay. I had a door. I don't know if you remember it. I had a shitty door. (laughs) The angle of it is like, so I have a hallway and it's a, an acute angle where my door opens. So it's like, damn near a chore every time I'm opening this door and I never really I was always like oh it's a weird door and people would come over like you got a weird door I'm like I know so I got used to it and then I moved like the door was weird there wasn't a lot of space my bathroom was really small I had no counter space that building was odd too just the whole building was yeah so what was the neighborhood that is it's mid city so I'm still in the same neighborhood but I'm in a just more residential area of it but the, okay, main thing is parking. Get a parking space. Parking, it's like, it will change your life. Um, also, definitely get a, get, like, have room for your stuff. Have, like, a kit, like a, like a bathroom counter to, like, lay your shit on. Um, I, I don't know. And also, I just think I'm happier with more space. Yeah. And obviously, this is really stupid to say, because obviously, you, could be but i realized about myself is there are certain things that i thought i could sacrifice which i can sacrifice but i am subconsciously less happy it's not like i'm actually looking around being like i'm unhappy because i'm in a shoebox. you know i'm just Mm -hmm. like "Mm." like i just don't really feel comfortable in my home
0: there are weird things that can affect that i haven't really experienced this but only read about it they say it Generally lifts your mood to have higher ceilings. My ceilings were high, though, over there.
1: Way higher than here. And you're right, because I did think that at first. I was like, oh, yeah, I feel less
0: confined. But the actual space was just so narrow. Yeah, and like a lot of lofts, I used to love the idea of a loft. But yeah. the ones I've seen out here, they're always, like, dank and dark and yeah. industrial. And I'm like, yeah... I, So this, both places, I get a ton of light, which matters to me because I'm moving from, so Binghamton, New York has more cloud cover than any city in America other than Seattle. Okay. So it's just gloomy like seven months of the year. Right. So I'm like, I'm in California, I need some sun. Yeah. And I'm almost an albino, so it's not like I'm out in the sun, but Mm -hmm. I just need the lithium, you know, <laughs> dude,
1: it's important. I feel like I realized because my place, also, if you remember, it's in like it was in the crotch of a building. Yeah, so I got no natural light. I had two windows. One is like facing my neighbors, probably twenty feet. Yeah, from my neighbor. Yeah. And then so if I and then have, so you don't keep it
0: open because you want some privacy. Yeah,
1: and it's right by my bathroom. I never shut the bathroom doors, so they're seeing me do everything and yeah. be naked. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm shutting the blinds eternally. Yeah. And then the other one, it just you know, it does suck. Like I pulled the trigger. I did okay with my apartment selection. I did okay, but I didn't do great. And then they did hike up my rent, and and then and then and then that, and that was a realization that I had where I was like. Oh, I forgot this was a means to an end. I wasn't supposed to be here very long and then I got hooked up by my buddy, God bless her, in this place. Like so grateful. Just yeah.
0: Point people to your that episode you did with her, which was really good and uh the anecdotal experience you oh, guys the video, were both really good. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Watch the videos if you're not watching. Uh
0: what was the name of that one? You remember?
1: Or what her big name man. Is her?
0: okay
1: big man yeah um but yeah okay so your get back to like your like when you came out your experience like why why did you come out here and why did you come out here now and like what brought you out here